Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an episode of Punk Yeah! Podcast for Hairstylist. I'm your host and creator, Elizabeth Tyndall, and today I have with me Ashley. My dog is currently barking, which is fine, um, so just ignore that. <laughs> but Ashley, go ahead and introduce yourself for us. Hi, I'm Ashley Lottie. Excited to be here. <laughs> and where do you currently work? Um, I own a little studio inside of Salon Lofts in Maryland. Um, so like one of the salon suites that you can rent. I'm in a beautiful window. <laughs> I love the windows. I feel like... I do too. I worked in a window without a window and I definitely love the window, but now I'm in a perfect suite in the back to where I can like look straight out and see the window, but my room's not hot. Oh. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, that's my biggest thing is in the summer it's hot and in the winter it's cold. So finding like that balance has been interesting. Well, at our place, the shampoo bottles would like explode in the window because it was in such direct heat. Like it was oh, wow. absolutely insane. Oh, um, no. Yeah, I have like a corner. So that's like where my um, I keep like my shampoos to shampoo and then. I have a wall that has all my retail, so it's, like, away from where the sun hits. Yeah. And then yeah. what do you specialize in behind the chair? Um, I specialize in extensions and balayage. I like to do lived-in color. That's super fun. fun. I yeah. love the extensions, too. That's yeah. something that I just love to do behind the chair. So today we are going to be talking about the do's and don'ts of salon etiquette. Yes. So to start off, how do you feel about double booking behind the chair? Ooh, well, I double booked for what, like 15 years and I always felt such high anxiety. <laughs> and now January will be 18 years behind the chair and I don't double book anymore. And I find it to be way better. And so do my clients. So a lot of my clients have followed me from place to place. So I've been doing their hair for like over 10 years. And they said the best thing that I did was stop double booking. Like yeah. they could relax and they didn't feel rushed or like having to hop from seat to seat. You know, they could just sit and enjoy. Did you double book in your loft? No. Yeah, I feel uh, like that is such a tight quarters that it really does yeah. take away from the experience, especially yeah. whenever you are, like, you know, working in, like, a private and luxury experience, like, environment. It just makes it so much more difficult to actually give that to your guests whenever you're double booking. I, um, I totally agree. Yeah, I think double booking is one of those things that, like, just needs to be out the window personally because you don't need to do all that to um to like make ends meet you know like your clients will pay more for that private experience a hundred percent and I I learned that like with COVID in Maryland when we came back from shutdown like you literally had to have like an open chair between you and somebody else. So you couldn't double book because 
the spacing didn't allow the six feet of like space you needed. So it basically stopped for like, like eight months when we came back, like you couldn't do it. So I loved it and my clients started to love it and I didn't go back to double booking. And then when I left to open like my studio, like I kept it and I was like, this is not only just better for me, this is better for them. And like, it is all about the experience. So when you're constantly like booking people back to back to back and in between, like you lose that experience with your clients. And if you're trying to say you do these luxury things, like that's, that's, that totally makes it a horrible experience, not like a beautiful relaxing one that you want to give them. Yeah. I think too that like, double booking has kind of like made it to where people are always rushing and that like creates so many mistakes in our industry especially whenever it comes to doing hair color you have that person who comes in they've waited months for this appointment and then all of a sudden you can't do it because you don't have enough time and then like you don't have anywhere else to put them because you're so double booked and all of this stuff I think it just kind of snowballs and it really impacts like our guest and honestly like this was kind of going into what else we're going to talk about is building that trust and loyalty with our guest I think that it kind of like is like an ice pick you know like just chipping away at that trust and that loyalty and then eventually you're going to lose that guest a hundred percent because like they start to get overwhelmed and the other thing is is color has evolved so much now that it it's not simple people don't want simple things like a, a highlight's no longer simple. Like you're not going to get what somebody wants it's by not putting just 10 the foils in. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a highlight anymore. Like people get like root taps and smudges and that takes extra time. And if you're like having people hop place to place, like they're not going to trust you because you're going to be like, hey, this person's going to put this on for you because I don't have time right now. Like automatically they're just like, okay, then like you don't have time for me. Like, and then that, why did that they takes book away from all of it. Yeah, why did they book an appointment with you if you're not yeah. going to be the one servicing them? That comes to my other thing is assistance in the salon. Like, how does your guest feel when there's an assistant present? Like, for me, I feel like it's almost – it can be good and bad, like, as far as salon etiquette goes. If you have an assistant who is well-trained and, like, knows the boundaries, I think that's one thing. But if you have your assistant and they're, like, you know, doing a lot for you, like, applying your color and stuff, like, I think that that's kind of overstepping. And I think that, personally, that's bad salon etiquette because the guest is paying for you. Um, yes. I worked under a stylist when I got out of hair school. And the experience of that was absolutely amazing because, obviously, hair school does not teach you everything you need to know so working under somebody is extremely helpful to do even if it's just for like three months or like a couple days a week or whatever I feel like it more stylists should do that um but I feel like if you create the right environment and you train them correctly and you also prepare your clients for it it can be a very great experience If you don't put all that into like, um, like order and 
you're not explaining to the client, of course, they're going to be like, oh, why is this person doing half my services? Like, I thought you were going to do it. And that's where it's like, hey, here's my assistant. I'm training them. They're learning. Um, so, you know, she will be like touching your hair and she'll be shampooing you for me. But you have to teach that assistant how to, it's not even like mimic you, but like give them that experience that they don't really care that a second person's working on them because it's like, they've, they've already like, they love you. They trust you. And here you are now helping somebody be a better stylist. Like some people like to be involved in that. They're like, Oh cool. I helped shape this, this newbie. Like, you know, but you have to create the right environment for it and you have to prepare your clients for it. Yeah. I can't just like shove them in there. (laughs) Like, Hey, That's like a huge thing I think that happens is people like I know several of my clients have been somewhere else before they came to me and they were like, I went in, booked an appointment with this stylist, but that girl didn't even do my hair. I had this other person doing it the whole time and they were never told that they had an assistant or that that would be part of the process. So for me personally, I am a funny hairstylist. I never had a hairstylist growing up. Or in high school, I went to Great Clips. I I went to Great Clips. I got my color done at Fantastic Sam's or I box colored it myself. Um, I am a horrible person (laughs) for that. No. But But you have a different perspective, I feel like, by doing that. My perspective is like, I didn't know assistants were a thing until I was like in in the industry like after I had even graduated school like I didn't know that that was a whole side of things so then for me I went straight to a salon I double I started double booking now mind you I was only a stylist for like a year before COVID so like COVID happened at my one year mark (laughs) so wow yeah it was bad so I like was in the salon I was just starting to double book COVID happened I jumped ship at the salon and said, I'm going to go get a suite because then I don't have to worry about my scheduling because COVID and all that. And I just quit double booking whenever I went to that suite. And so I never even saw assistants in the salon. Like when I was training, I was shadowing. So I wasn't really even doing anything. So for me, like, I felt like that was fine. But I'm like, I could never imagine doing the work of the stylist who the client's coming to see so for me like my perspective is just so vastly different that makes sense I really like kind of your insight on that because I would have never thought of it like that like that the guest likes that experience (laughs) I wouldn't say everyone like there are some people but I just feel like if you approach it correctly, like you can create a great environment. Like I grew up going to a salon, like my mom would take me, I would like skip, I would have her like write me notes to skip school so I could go see her get her hair done. Like I wanted to be a stylist since I was a little girl. Yeah. And I like grew up in the salon. It was actually the first salon I ever worked at. Like one of the owners, like she was my first like mentor and I like asked her what hair school to go to. Like I was like, I really want to do this. Like I left college to do hair because I always wanted this. And I remember 
that was my first job. Like I worked in hair school. Like I go to hair school, I get off and I go work at this salon. So then I started with their associate program when I graduated, which is like a 10 month program. And I remember my mentor like telling me like, I'm going to introduce you to these clients. Like at this point, they're used to me having somebody because I constantly train people. But I'm going to show you how to like approach it the best way possible. And it really is. She's like, you know, this is Ashley. She's going to be helping me. Um, She'll sometimes blow dry your hair for me. She's going to shampoo. As I see her progress, she might apply color sometimes, like things like that. Like, and it was like, it taught me like how to have like those consultations with your clients. Cause I, some, I would watch her do these consults time after time after time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like, and in a way I'm involved in all that as well. Mm-hmm. And these clients just got so used to like that, like that experience. And it was a great experience that it, like, it wasn't like, it wasn't bad for them. And they weren't like, what the hell is happening? Like, you know? They, like, realized they got, like, two people to, like, work on them and, like, show, like, they were, like, the center of attention. But that is also, like, when I started doing that, like, I started doing hair in 2006. Like, you double booked. You triple booked. You were running around like a chicken with its head cut off. Like, that's how it was then. The way, like, the industry has progressed now, like, double booking, it just doesn't make sense anymore. You're just so you're taking away that experience. And when you have an assistant and you don't double book, you're also teaching them a whole new way of like doing hair. Mm-hmm. So it can be a good thing. It can also be a bad thing, but it can be a really yeah. good thing if it's approached the right way. Yeah. I think that it all needs to be structured correctly for that to be a very effective thing to do. A hundred percent. So that kind of brings me into another thing I want to talk about is um, no-shows and like cancellation policies mm-hmm. like there are so many people who are passive-aggressive about this I think and they just post it online and think that everyone will see it and then that's it like they're not communicating to anyone what their policy is like when their guests are in their chair they don't talk about it And I think that it needs to be something that's, like, addressed because you can't just do that as a stylist to your guests because, again, you're affecting the trust and loyalty of your guests. And, like, not only that, but, like, that stresses me out. Like, I want to make sure that they know so that whenever I tell them, it's not like, oh, whoa, (laughs) I didn't know that was your policy. So I wanted to know, like, what your take is on – no-show and cancellation policies? So I started my own when I opened my, like, studio. And I sent out an email. It's written also on, like, my website. And I personally told everybody what it is. And every new client that I book, I do the same thing. I'm like, just so you know, you have, like, 48 hours to cancel. After that, you lose your deposit. Like, I make sure that they understand, like, you are booking my time. This isn't like something, this isn't like a one hour appointment. This is like, I'm seeing you probably for three to four hours. Like, and they, most people get it as long as you're sitting there telling them. I mean, a lot of new clients, I like them to come in, especially with color, like, like a consultation first before they even book an appointment, because I need to know what you've been doing here. So in that process, I talk to them about the cancellation policy and I'm, I let them know like, Hey, you know, 
there is a deposit for booking. You have 48 hours if you need to change it and I you get your deposit back 100%. Like, you know, I want to respect your time and I, I would like you to respect my time. I feel like sometimes we kind of skip those things, not realizing it because like we should think that they should know. But think of how many times like we book appointments for like tattoos and we don't read the policy. We're just hoping somebody tells us the policy. Yeah. I mean, it's like doctor's appointments too. Like, the whole no-show thing, I it bothers me. Like, I get things happen. Like, trust me. Like, I understand. But tell me you're not coming. Like, just give me a heads up. Like, my life blew up. I can't come in today. I'm so sorry. But just not showing up. Like, to me, if you do that, like, I don't want you on my book anymore. I don't you don't think- respect my time. Yeah, yeah, I don't take them again. If I have no-shows, I have a list. <laughs> And they are not sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I have a list though for my Sorry my dog. Oh you're okay. Hey. <laughs> sorry. Oh so you're okay. Val, come here. So yeah, so whenever it comes to um oh my gosh. I'm losing my train of thought. <laughs> what were we talking about? No shows and cancellations. Oh, that's right. That's right. How you don't. Yeah. Okay. So I don't rebook people who no show on me just because I know that if they didn't respect my time once, they're not going to respect it in the future. And a couple times I've actually had people reach out to me several times after I wouldn't take them. And like it was to the point to where I was like I think this is borderline harassment at this point it was crazy I'll let you know what happened so it was a Mardi Gras situation they booked an appointment on Mardi Gras and then they did not show up messaged me like an hour later saying that they had COVID after the start time of their appointment and I'm like, I COVID's a valid reason to cancel, first of all. But secondly, I just want to say that no, it is not um, appropriate for you to cancel an hour after your appointment with COVID because you knew you had COVID when you woke up. You knew you had COVID the night yeah. before. <laughs> and, 100%. Uh, like you knew you had COVID. So anyways, I was like, you know, that was disrespectful. I'm not going to take you. I'm not going to let you rebook your appointment. Like that was, and I know that this person has uh, been known for going out. So I a hundred percent knew what was happening. And, um, she literally sent me pictures of her hospital bracelet. She like went to the hospital, I guess a few weeks later and was like, I was really sick. This is my hospital. But I feel like that could have been something completely unrelated Wow. So like it was yeah. just, I just kept getting messages and I blocked the phone number and I was like I am so done. like how strange is that for an adult to send you pictures of their hospital bracelet to try to book a hair appointment. <laughs> like, <this> is, <laughs> like I swear this happened. It's like it's not that uh, serious. Like you shouldn't have no showed. Like that's what it comes yeah. down to. And um, my cancellation policy is 24 hours, you know, 50% if it's after that. But I feel like I don't have a lot of people cancel anymore. If I do, 
it's clustered and it's all illness. It's like people are just sick and sick and they can't sell them. Oh, hold on a second. I think you froze. Oh, okay. You're back. Yeah. Okay. I was like, ooh. <laughs> yep. But yeah, so that was the whole thing. Wow. Yeah. Um, that's intense. <laughs> it was crazy. And yeah. I, I didn't think that, I didn't think it was going to go that deep. I was just like, we're not rebooking. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, everybody's got something you know but i feel like as human beings we should respect each other's time yeah like yeah Um, i think you need to relay uh, that i think you do need to tell them in person or with a text or phone call and at least let them know about your policies and that happens too with price adjustments i think that like that's a salon etiquette thing that people don't think that that is part of salon etiquette, but it definitely is. It's relaying and being transparent with your pricing because yep. imagine being on the other side of that. Like for me, someone who went to Great Clips, if I walked in to get my haircut at this fancy salon thinking it's probably $5 more. It's like what I would have thought in my head in high school and come to find out that's not the case. Yeah. <laughs> I would have been shocked. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I, I have a hard time with this one because it's like no other industry has to justify raising their prices. Like, but yes, it is salon etiquette. We have to tell them. But at the same time, it really sucks the standards that they put us to, that they don't put anybody else to. Like nobody questions their tattoo artists for raising their prices or a restaurant for <laughs> the raising theirs. <laughs> You don't walk in the grocery grocery store store and you're like, you didn't give me 30 days notice that this meat is going to go up. (laughs) Like, so that's where I have the issue of that. But like, I completely respect the fact that we have to do that. But it's so unfair that we are held to this standard that's like, doesn't even make sense because no one else has that standard. Well, and then people now we have to do it. Yeah, they're saying that we're a luxury service now. We used to not be. Like, this used to just be a standard personal service that you get done, you get your hair cut, whatever. But now it's a luxury. And because it's a luxury, they put us on this higher standard and this higher bar. But this with this luxury service, they don't want to pay for the luxury service, which is kind of like a catch-22. But then again, tattoos are technically a luxury service. 100%. Like, that should be on the same level. Nails. People are out here paying $50 for a full set. I love my nails. Like, trust me. It's me. But I'll pay it. Yeah. I'll pay it. They're out here. I love their work. So, like, paying $50 every two weeks for a full set, okay? If you're paying $50 every two weeks, that's $100 a month. You come to see me every eight weeks, that's $200 you're paying your nail tech. But my $200 foils are too expensive. Yeah. And I'm like, you see where we're yeah. like. I totally agree with you. I actually recently had a woman come into like the lofts and ask me like my pricing. 
And she was like, well, I have short hair. And I was like, well, that's not really like relevant. Like you're, you're paying for like my expertise. Like what, like uh, the knowledge I have, the education I've taken. I was like, you know, I was like, I'm also a brand educator for Kenra. Like that comes with all that. Like, so it has nothing to do with how short or long your hair is. I was like, I understand if I'm not the stylist for you and that's okay. I'm not offended. I'm like, there are many other people in here you can go have consultations with and they might be a better fit, but just understand that this is a craft that we have worked on for whether it's a couple months or years. I said, and each one of us has a specialty that we've dedicated time to and education to because we love it. So there's a reason why our things cost this much. I said, it's also the fact that everything has gone up in price. Our products, our tools are so expensive now. Like our a box of gloves is ridiculous to me. I'm like, wow. I had someone <laughs> the other day, I asked someone, I held up my box of foils. I have the Fremar Oh My Goth foils right now. <laughs> I like, I bought so many because I love the gothic theme. So um, I asked her, I said, how much do you think this box of foils cost me? And she goes, $5. I was like, girl, I said, like, this, this isn't Reynolds. <laughs> like, this, this is pre-cut pop-up foils, girl. Like, this is, and I told her, and she was like, for foil? And I said, yeah, and guess what? I'm going to put them in and throw them away. Yep. A hundred percent. I know my client was like, how much are the gloves? I said, if you walk it, because we have, like, a Sally's right next door. I was like, if you walk into Sally's, these box of gloves are, like, 15 into 20 bucks I was like and then when you go into our like stores they are maybe a couple dollars more it just depends like what where what area in Maryland you're in is like your cost of like stuff it's very weird yeah but I feel like everything here is the same like no matter what store you go to it's like a couple dollars different at the different stores that we have but it's just insane in general like how expensive some of it is like I easily spend probably two to three hundred dollars a week like at the store replacing supply and color and people don't think that it's like that much of an overhead but whenever you do a lot of color and extensions like that adds Mm -hmm. up it does I will say that I have learned to like do the whole like I, I was gonna say like rent like rent in general like I was just talking to a friend like housing for rent has gone up in our like my area like insanely we're you're kind of like, okay, well, does it make sense to rent or own your house? And to be honest, it makes more sense to rent than own your house now. <laughs> like, yeah, because you don't have to pay for the maintenance. <laughs> exactly. It's insane. And I feel like that's the same thing with, like, when we rent from somewhere. Like, like I don't know about you, but, like, my rent includes, like, my electric, my water, yeah. um, the internet, like, all of that stuff. Like, the maintenance inside. So, like, in my head, it makes sense what my rent is. But it's still not cheap. <laughs> I was at Salon Lofts, and with the rent increase, it would have been more than my mortgage on my house. So I had moved to a different building, and it's a little less, but not much. But <laughs> it's a little bit less. And to me, I was like, can I justify? Because I work two days a week. Like, in the salon, I do two oh, yeah. 12-hour days. So I was like... Does it make sense for me to rent this space 
for two days a week. That's what, eight days a yeah. month? More than my house payment? Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm there four days a week, so it does make sense for me. <laughs> yeah. I but, I just yeah. do the two 12 hours because I do so much other stuff that I, oh, yeah. I'm just not there. But I, uh, I have the option to be there whenever. But for me, mm-hmm. it's like I couldn't justify it. I was like, this no, is I don't blame so you. expensive. So, yeah. No, it makes sense. Like... I get it for you only being there two days. Yeah. It, yeah. It's actually happening to my friend who's in the loft across from me. She's actually starting in January going to like share my space. Like we're mm-hmm. like, she'll be there in the afternoons cause she's only two days a week in the afternoons. Yeah. So that actually helps my rent, but that also helps her not having to pay a huge rent for a place she's barely at. Yeah. So I get it. Well, someone asked me, um, one of the owners, before had asked me like oh are you open to sharing and I was like I can't I am not a sharer of anything I cannot have someone touch my stuff I will freak out well she has her own stuff she's like gonna have like her little well, carry card thing yeah yeah which I wouldn't care if she wanted even, to use my stuff like obviously she would pay for it but, but like, it's like even and I trust her I've known I've known her forever even, I've known her forever. Even, like, someone using my shampoo bowl. Whenever I worked at the first lawn I worked at, we had, like, originally, I want to say close to 20 stylists or something crazy. Oh, wow. And we only had, like, five shampoo bowls. And these people would leave it so messy. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't do it. No, oh, I remember working at a salon and not everybody cleaning up after themselves. It would drive me crazy. I, like, never wore white to work because they would leave color on the trays. And I would end up with, like, color lines across my white shirts. Oh, no. Okay, but yeah. low-key, that happened to me the other day at the shampoo bowl. <laughs> you know, whenever you take a video and, like, you have the hair perfectly placed over the shampoo yeah. bowl? Well, it was toner. And so it was all sitting there. And then... I, like, put the hair in the bowl, rinsed it, and then I, like, leaned on the bowl, and I just had toner, purple toner all over the front of my oh. white shirt, but I used hairspray, and it came out. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's, like, my favorite trick. Do you do that? I know. It actually... Yeah, I do. Yeah. And I notice it. Sometimes I don't notice till like, I'm getting undressed after work, and I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. So, that's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always the best. Yeah. I know. I, there are clothes you wear to work, and then there's clothes you wear, like, out in the real world. You yeah. know, they don't coexist <laughs> at all. And then, okay, I have one more thing to talk oh. about, and that's lunch breaks. Ah. Okay, do you schedule lunch breaks, like, when your client's processing, will you just eat really quick? Or do you leave that time to your guest, and do you schedule a separate lunch break with no guests in your room? Huh. Um, I haven't quite found a balance with that yet. Like, cause some days, yeah, I will eat my lunch on my own, like watch a TV show on my phone for like 20 minutes, like for peace and quiet. And then there's some days like I am with a client like the entire time. And that's more of like, I'm going to take my bathroom break and eat a granola bar kind of day. Yeah. <laughs> but I haven't actually scheduled a lunch yet I don't I I don't know I've never really somehow it balances out that like 
I find the time. There have been times where I have like eaten, but like I there is like that little break room that they make. Mm-hmm. So I like just go in there while they process because actually I have clients who work while they process. Like I have one client who's a doctor and she'll be on call, like phone calls, and I leave the room. Like I don't hear anything. I like go into that little break area that's like, you know, I'll take care of business stuff or have like my snack because she wants the room for peace and quiet and work. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But like yeah. it works out. So I don't really schedule a lunch. I do think some of us need to because otherwise we don't eat. <laughs> I have to. I have yeah. one. I always schedule one hour lunch break at, every day. It's at 1230. And usually mm. I don't take it until almost one. So it ends up being a 30 minute lunch break. <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> But I found that if I don't have that block on my schedule, like, I will fill it and I will not eat ever. Because for me, like, everything that I do behind the chair, I feel like it requires attention the entire time they're there. I don't really have Mm -hmm. a second while they're processing. And now, love them to death, I use the Kenra 10-minute color. And now I really have zero processing time. So it's like I don't um, I don't ever just get a second. So well, for me, it's like I have to have a lunch break scheduled. But also, this is so different from being at Salon Lofts to the suite I'm in now. It's like I don't have a break room at the place I'm in now. So I would have to oh, eat in the room. In front of them. Or in my mm. car. Oh. And I'm not doing that. Mm. No. I got a new car. I'm not eating in it. Oh, I was just more of like if you know you gotta use your gas if it's cold out, and then it oh, might be too. too hot out. Yeah, that's what went through my head. Not getting stuff all over my car, which oh, probably should have been in my I head. Get, <laughs> I have my two kids, and they literally get crumbs everywhere. And my son is already accustomed to not eating in my car. He's like, "Oh, well, that's good." He goes, "Cleo, we can't bring that in the car." And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> So, um, set the rules. But yeah, so for me too, like eating when my guest is processing isn't ideal anymore. Like at salon lofts, I could maybe do that, mm. like especially if I brought my lunch, but I am horrible about bringing my lunch as well. Oh, I'm really good at that. I'm I, I pack lunches bad about I'm that. like a little old lady. I'm like, oh, here, what am I having today? No, yeah, no, I, I go I... and eat Chick fil A almost every single day of my life. <laughs> I can't, I'm not yeah, kidding. no. I, if I don't pack a lunch, I won't eat a lunch because I don't always remember to like, and I don't always know what I want to eat is the other problem. If I'm eating out, I'm like never know what I want to eat. So it's like very rare that I do that. And I mean, I'm in a shopping center that has all this great food, but like a lot of times I pack my own lunch and And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to go heat this up. Excuse me. I will door dash (laughs) food. I will order it when my clients have their toner on their head, and then it will be there as soon as I'm done styling their hair. That's very good timing. It is. I know all the times for everywhere that I eat. <laughs> but DoorDash I rarely do that. is so expensive. It's a bad habit. I yeah. Just, and I won't I think... pay for the Dash Pass because I keep telling myself I'm going to stop doing that, and then I don't. And then it's like I should have had the Dash Pass. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, because it's so expensive, I like try to like not eat out all the time. So I think that's also why I pack lunches, and I'm like there for 
like like Thursdays I'm there from 10 until like no I'm there from like 12 until like 7 by the time I get home it's 8 p.m so like I end up eating lunch and dinner there or Mm -hmm. just dinner (laughs) all together so I mean I I probably should schedule a lunch in all honesty but I should schedule a dinner because I do 8 to 8 and sometimes it's 8 to (laughs) 9 Oh, you should definitely schedule it. But I yeah. don't. I don't do that. But I always have a lunch. <laughs> so well, at least I'm, you eat lunch. Yeah, I'm getting there. But for yeah. me, like, I am so curious on what people are doing and, like, how they feel that that affects their salon etiquette, like, yeah. behind the chair with meals. Because it's like we're all human and we have to eat. <laughs> Technical difficulties. We are back. <laughs> um, so I was saying that we're all human. We have to eat. So, like, is it really bad salon etiquette if you do need to eat when they're processing? I personally don't think so. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do feel like I, I know people who schedule themselves, like, um, like a lunch. Like, I worked with a girl after she had a baby. She scheduled her lunch, which is, like, lunch and pumping. And that's when she would do it and she'd be like yep nope no clients then and I'm like I like I'm curious like some people I feel like are like oh no I don't do that I just figure it out or I just don't eat and then other people like are like no I like need this time I mean other professions you have a lunch break you know (laughs) and and you get like two 15 minute breaks at some of them like I worked at a factory one time and at this factory, you got two 15-minute breaks, and you got a half-hour lunch. And I was like, that's the most oh, breaks wow. I've ever gotten in my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's... It, it was crazy, but that didn't last very long. I only worked there for, like, a few weeks because, obviously, I don't look like I would work in a plastic factory. <laughs> <laughs> so, Yeah. It did not last very long at all. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, see, they get breaks. Why don't we give ourselves breaks? I just don't get that. We I do it like, to ourselves, though. Yeah, there's just such a high stress on our industry, and everything we do is critiqued. And, like, 100%. that's just how it's going to be. And I think that that's mm. so true is, like, all of this stuff that we talked about, salon etiquette and, like, building trust and loyalty with your guests, that's all great. That's but at all- the same time, like we are held to a really high standard. So whenever it comes to salon etiquette, I feel like we can give ourselves grace in certain areas because we are only human. We can only do so much. And now they're wanting these five hour transformations. Of course I'm going to eat. Yep. Like, and if you don't show up, I'm going to charge you. (laughs) And you know, like I'm not going to double book because I respect your time, but it's just all these things that are making your experience as a guest in the chair that, like, I don't know. It, we're just held to such a high standard. You really are. But I feel like we also, like you said, we're human. And we have to remember that, like, we're people, too. And we need to also not hold ourselves to that high standard as well. So yes. I feel like <laughs> a lot of times I am, like, well, that didn't go perfectly, and then I'll think about it for, like, a month, <laughs> and I'm like, yep, that was a month of my life wasted because they forgot. <laughs> like, yep. uh, like, I had one person, um, I remember she was booked for, like, a conditioning treatment. We forgot to do the conditioning treatment. I just checked her out. We were in a hurry. 
I felt so bad because I forgot to give her her deep conditioning treatment. And I texted her like a week later after I was like, couldn't remember if I did it. And I texted her and said, hey, I think I forgot to do your conditioning treatment. She goes, LOL, I completely forgot we were even doing that. And I was like, I've been thinking about this all week if I forgot to do that or not. And yeah. And yeah. then like no. we, we let that stuff kind of get to us. We do. I think that we stress ourselves out way more than we need to. Mm-hmm. Like we overthink everything. Like I feel like that's just part of being a hairstylist. You're going to overthink. <laughs> yeah, for real. If uh if you're not overthinking, you haven't reached that level yet. You're probably still like nope. here. You're getting there. <laughs> it's like up here. <laughs> You overanalyze everything. Yep. Oh, and the anxiety. When you are an overthinker and you have anxiety, you've made it. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, really quick. Have you ever brought your guests outside or something to take pictures and you're looking at their hair and you bring them back into the salon because you want to change something about their hair? Um, Like the color? No, or like, like the, style? the cut. The cut or style. The cut? Oh, I have absolutely done that. I'm like, oh, I probably need to take more weight out of that. That's literally me (laughs) all the time. I like have them shake their head. I like do the whole thing, you know, where they look up and then I like look at it and I'm like, oh, it looks great. And then we go outside to take pictures and I'm like, hold on. In this lighting, I think that you actually need a little something over here. And then they're like, okay. And I'm like, sorry. They don't know. We know. (laughs) But they're all like so grateful for my attention to detail and like. I think exactly. That's what comes with the experience. A hundred percent, it does. Like, yeah. You look at things a lot differently. Yeah. Like the more, the more you do stuff, the more you're behind like the chair. The longer you're working with clients, yeah. it's just you start to see all that, and you're like, oh wow, I should probably let's go back in real quick, and then we'll take more photos. Well, not only that, you're also kind of like to that point to where when you're toning, you know, you shouldn't stare at it. <laughs> Oh my God. I said this to my client last week. I'm like, we call it like the, like, it's like when you think something's done, give it an extra seven minutes. Mm -hmm. And she was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh, it's like a rule of thumb for hairstylists. Like you look at your foils and you're like, "Mm, I'm just, just to be safe. I'm gonna give you seven more minutes (laughs) because you think it might be done, but it's probably not. (laughs) Sometimes I do that like twice. (laughs) I'm like... (laughs) Oh, we're almost there. And then I come back and I'm like, one more time. (laughs) Okay, I do apologize. We have had a few technical difficulties. Um, But yeah, I want to thank you so much, Ashley, for your time today. And is there anything else that you want to share about salon etiquette or any advice? Um, Thank you for having me. This was fun. Um... I feel like the best piece of advice is just don't don't overthink all the etiquette, but just remember why you started doing hair. Like your why, I think, for any job is so important. And try to remember how you would want to be treated in the salon or wherever you're going to, like, do some luxury service and kind of bring that behind the chair. I feel like that's a really important thing, like, you know, like when you're a kid, like treat people the way you want to be treated. It's the same thing with salon etiquette when we're running a business or we're working in a salon. Like, 
Yeah. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Yep. I think that that is very solid and everyone can relate to that because everyone does have a why. They just have to remember it. Yep. So until (laughs) next time, thank you all so much for listening and yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.